are listening to Core, a show on Code Zero Radio that plays bands located in the Fox Cities, a show to find and discover new music. Hosted by Andy McNamara. Thank you for joining the uh, show today. This is Fox City's Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio. If you've never tuned into Code Zero Radio, we are a streaming radio station with a heavy focus on the Fox Cities. You can catch this show every Saturday morning from 9 until 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. And if you miss it live, you can always catch the replay. We do invite our listeners to call in if you've got a question for our guest. You can call in at 920-358-0795. So over the years, Ian Thompson has been working to change the landscape of the Fox City's music scene. Ian's work behind the scenes have put the pieces in place to bring multiple, multiple different musicians and genres of music to the area. He's the festival director for the Intercoastal Music Ways, and he's a talent buyer for Mile of Music. I'd like to welcome Ian Thompson to Fox City's Core. Ian, how are you doing today? Amazing. Thank you for having me, Andy. This is, this is awesome, really. Well, I've been listening to this for, for quite some time, so it's cool to be a part of it. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you coming in. I know it, it is kind of early, especially for people in the music business. And it, How is it? Are you a morning person? or No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, you know, we're all getting older. So, you know, late nights seem to be less and less. <laughs> <laughs> well, and your, your wife works. And shout out to your wife as well, Jess. Yeah, she's, yeah. She also works. Uh, in the music industry so you guys probably have sort of schedules that match i'm guessing yeah a little bit more more so now i mean you know jess has recently taken over um mcclushman's as their taproom event manager um which i'm so so happy for her to to be in that role and being empowered and and given the the opportunity to be creative so it's really cool to see her uh you know stepping into the into the light and I, yeah, we'll have to have Jess on one of these days too. Yeah, she would love that. Morning, Jess. <laughs> so let's talk about how you got involved in the music industry. Was that something that that you were always involved in, or was it something that you got interested in later in in your life? Um, yeah, it's it's been a very interesting, um, somewhat organic path. I mean, we've um, my background is actually in supply chain uh, and logistics planning. Um, which is what brought me out here from Allentown, Pennsylvania. Moved, uh, we moved out here about 14 and a half years ago and uh, for a supply chain uh, management role. And uh, Milo Music came along. I mean, I've always been a fan of music, going to shows. I mean, I've been going to shows since, I'm four, since I was 14. Um, and, you know, been big in the festivals. You know, we've, Jess and I travel uh, the country to go see festivals or go see shows. So when you know you have something that's in your own backyard, uh, that's starting and taking shape, you, you kind of want to be involved in it, and you have a curiosity of what it's going to be. So we jumped in to be volunteers the first year of Milo Music, and uh, you know I kind of just, I guess be, back then they were kind of like relying on some of the community to you know help them with some things. You know we, we would meet regularly as as little groups breakout groups and and talk about uh you know other things that are happening in the country and then because you know my experiences of going as an attendee to festivals i think that's kind of led into um eventually just volunteering with them 
um, for the first couple of years, then into a contract position, and then eventually getting hired on full time. Yeah. So as, as far as mild music goes, so you were you've been in it since the beginning. Yeah, which, yeah. That, that's pretty cool. How how has it changed since it started? Because when it started, I know there was um, some growing pains as far as ticketed shows, some non-ticketed shows, and then it, it changed the year after. Uh, was there a lot of talk after the first year about simplifying it, or what do you think caused the change to kind of the festival that we ended up? I, I think it was. I mean, I wasn't really involved in those those planning discussions, um, being just a volunteer at that specific point in time. But you know, just looking at what Dave's vision was for it, um, I just think it. You know, he wanted it to continue to be you know free and accessible to every member of, of this community or any community rather um and i think that was that's still true to this day to be an important um, mission statement for us uh, and how you know we continue to to evolve um and i think that's probably you know i could just see you know in those discussions that you know maybe that the ticketing um aspect of it because I, if i remember correctly it wasn't fully ticketed it was like ticketed for certain right shows or certain elements of, of the festival um and i think that's kind of where the the music maker program you know evolved uh then to to support uh the festival and things that we're doing year-round so it's more of a subscriber base now uh, which is cool and, and it's a it's a really really cool program if we've got anybody watching right now that's not familiar with mile of music can you explain exactly what this festival is? Yeah, um, yeah. This festival, it's. I like to look at it like, um, you know, we're we're like a triple A. Uh, <laughs> we are we are a major uh, North American music festival now, um, but kind of in that triple A uh, realm. Or, or if you watch Ted Lasso, one under the Premier League. Um, Basically, what we do, we're, we're an artist-focused, community-forward festival, and by that it means that we, um, you know, we put on, you know, four days, uh, Thursday through Sunday. Um, it is about 200 artists playing 650 sets of original music over the course of that four days, and about 40 venues uh, within uh, our downtown Appleton um, component, like our neighborhood, downtown Appleton neighborhood, and and our riverfront. Um, 100% free to attend, 100% sponsorship driven, and that's where the community comes in. That's why we say community forward, because the community steps up to support the festival financially, um, and also in, in many other ways. You know, we have what's called the Artist Care Program, and the community stepped up to create that, and that is uh, a program that, if you're a performing artist or a sound engineer uh, for the festival, then you have uh, access to uh, services such as free dental care, audiology care, skin care. Um, massage therapy um, and mental health as well. And then the music makers are so important. Uh, if somebody is interested in being a music maker, what do they have to do? Um, yeah, well, the music maker program is just like I said, it's kind of a subscriber based um, program. Um, we give perks, you know, throughout the year for some other shows that uh, that Dave has going on. Um, through the Mile Music Presents uh, component. Um, and then it gives them some perks during the festival itself. So basically, if you want to subscribe to be a music maker, you just go to, to uh, milemusic.com. And then there's a, a tab there for music makers. Just click on that, and then it'll give you all the information and, uh, and then a button to subscribe. 
It sort of gives you an, an insider, kind of aligned to being an insider with, then uh, you get the special, like you said, the, the shows, admissions, and yeah. if, if there's any last minute pop-up shows, you know, in the past, it, they've sent out some uh, last minute updates so that you could be in the know. Yeah, yeah, it really, like, um, for the lineups uh, for the festival, you know, you're the first to know. So we'll send out a, an email uh, to all the music makers and say, you know, here's here's the next batch of, of artists being announced. Um, you know, same thing with other shows. You might have a discount uh, or a first to buy uh, for some shows that uh, that they're doing. And it is it is cool. I, I was a music maker uh, a couple of years, and it is nice when you're walking up and down the Ave. You can pop into wherever the music maker lounge is and grab a water or a snack yeah. or something and then hit back, you know, get back out on the street and start checking out more music. Right, right. Yeah, it's fun. Has the participation in the music makers gone up, gone down, stayed about the same? Um, I think it stayed about the same. I mean, I, I think this year, this year we've, we've uh, definitely seen an increase uh, over the last few years, which is, uh, which is really cool. Um, and, you know, again, it's just a testament to um, the people's thirst for live music and to support, the things that we're we're doing, um, you know, especially coming back out of a pandemic uh, time frame. So, well, there's there's so much that goes into this festival. Like probably way more than we can talk about in <laughs> in this hour, and probably way more than I even can imagine goes on. But um, what is around this time? So we're about three months out. What right now is the most challenging thing that the the team is working through? Um. It's. I can speak more so to myself um, and what I have going on um, right now. I'm starting to lay out the schedule, um, which is you know is always kind of a challenge. You know, you're putting together 650 uh, performance sets, uh, like I mentioned before. So just laying that out. So I, you know, if you follow along with me on my socials, I kind of you know tease a little bit on on what we how the process is. So basically, I just take and put you know. I call them boards or there's papers on, on the wall and take sticky notes and it's a, it's a lean process. I'm very, you know, in tune to lean. So it's a lean process. You get all the, the bands, you put them on stickers and put their names up on, on each, each piece of paper as a venue with their times. And so right now that's, that's kind of the challenge, if you will. I mean, it's, it's, fu it's fun, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge for me. Do you get a lot of last minute changes every year or bands that for whatever reason have to drop out and then, you know, you're looking at plugging holes? Um, it, it used to happen more frequently years ago than it does now. You know, I think now it, especially last year, I mean, with COVID, you know, anything, it's a wild card now. I mean, you know, looking at, at this year's lineup, there's several artists that will be in Europe uh, directly before <laughs> my hell of music. So um, I'm a bit nervous because <laughs> I just can imagine, you know, the week leading up, I'm going to get a couple of calls. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely can happen. And then, you know, I think as terms of the schedule goes, the most challenging is knowing like, you know, certain bands have different members playing in different projects. So knowing that ahead of time is great to, and then we make a note saying, okay, like, you know, this person is, also playing in this project so we got to make sure like their schedules that's a good point because you've got uh for just for an example you've got like christopher gold who who is probably playing solo and then he's got his other band yeah so you kind of have to work out the logistics of 
yeah, of making that sure double like, booking. Yeah, make sure that that they you know we provide them with enough time in between their sets. So especially you know people that you know you don't want them to blow their voice out. So it's just being respectful of of their time and giving them enough space in between their sets. Well, I think you've restructured it the last couple of mile musics where you you try to do that space out bands performances a little bit more. I remember the years back like you, you would see people running down the street because they were trying to get to the next show it was insanity <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've um and that was the other thing too to kind of look at the plan overall and you know looking to to tailor this thing back in, in the number of sets uh which is what we book it's the inventory we have you know a lot of people say well how many artists and it's not necessarily about the total number of artists it's more so about the number of sets so if you can curate it in a way that you're bringing the set totals down or spacing them out. Um, you know, you, you talked about years ago, we would have, I think it was 10 minutes in between each acoustic set and 20 minutes in between each band set. Um, the pandemic year, we, we said, okay, well, let's, you know, last year, uh, we looked to, to curb that to 35 minutes across the board. This year it's 30 minutes. Um, we feel that that 30 minute for each acoustic and full band is a good sweet spot. And it gives gives enough time for the stage to, to turn over. It gives the artists a little bit more time to sell merch, gives the venues a little bit uh, more time to just settle before the next set begins. Yeah, so it works out. Bands do sell a lot of merch at Mile Music. I, I think that is they just a, an additional perk. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the festival seems to bring out music lovers that want to buy stuff. They they want to like buy into the bands, which is great. And everybody wants to be the the first one to discover a band. Yeah, you've got every year uh, a few individuals post their lists of who we should go see, and you've got the lists that you post. Scott, um, Steve Smith, lots of people. Yeah. But I think that's one thing that makes it exciting is that sense of discovery. And you mentioned that you and Jess like to travel and, and go to different festivals and shows. Is is it like really important to you when you're watching a show somewhere? Are you thinking in the back of your mind, can I get these guys to to Appleton? Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that's part of why I do it. You know why we do what we do. We get out there and you know we're seeing a show whether it's you know it's on a on a cruise ship in the middle of the Caribbean ocean and you're watching a, a band uh, play. And, you know, that's always the first thought of like, wow, this, this band will absolutely, you know, crush it in Appleton and people would fall in love with them. And, you know, it, it is part of the selling point And that's, you know, that goes back to the community forward element, as I mentioned, is that our community and, and our audience that comes to Milo music or any, really any show in Appleton, they support the artists. And when I say, you know, they're supporting them in other ways, I meant also by buying merch and like the CD is still a viable thing here in Appleton. So when I'm talking to artists, you know, or their teams, I'm like, make sure you order CDs. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, just spend a hundred bucks, get a thousand, get a hundred CDs or whatever and bring them with you. Cause you're going to sell them out. Cause people, even if they don't have the CD player, they're, they still support the band by buying the CD and, and which is, it's cool and it's it's part of that midwest nice i think um which is such a key element for our artists and what we're doing here because if we can't 
treat them well, and if we don't start treating them better or elevating the hospitality for the artists, um, then we simply won't have a mile of music because, you know, they're not going to come back. And it's, it's a big reason why they want to come back or a big reason why a new artist, like if I'm, you know, on the Caribbean Sea watching a band and I go over and talk to them, they're like, wait, Appleton. Yes. Like I know that I've, my, my, my drummers played in a band that's played there or my keyboard played in a band a few years ago or, you know, whatever it is, but they all know it because of that, that hospitality component of it, because they're treated so well here and, you know, the community steps up and, and supports them in so many ways. And it's cool. When a, when a band does perform at Milo Music for the first time and, and you run into them after the show, uh, are you met with sometimes just the kind of like the feeling that the band did not know what they were kind of stepping into? Like, we're just going to go play this festival, then they get here and they're like, holy crap, this thing is huge and the, the people are crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, that does happen. You know, I kind of always hope that that happens. You know, we, hope, we hope that they have a, a good time and, and a good experience with it. I mean, that's ultimately the... The, the end goal right is to make sure that they're happy and and having fun right i mean to play is to have fun so we always encourage just have fun with it and go out and play and if your friends are here then get up and play with your friends and we encourage collaborations and yeah just have fun with so we're hoping that you know that they they have a good experience and are blown away by it too i i want to get more into when you were younger but i, I want to say that i really love the mile of music nine poster i don't know yeah. who who designed it but i i love the the look of it yeah i'm i'm loving it too i just give a shout out to uh to laura tim and uh andrew uh pearson they're our design team and they just uh just crush it and you got i mean if you like that i mean wait do you see our merch line for this year it's gonna be amazing um just the concept they had for the poster and for the whole look of the the festival this year it's 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 unbelievable. I'm just so, so happy to work with such talented people. And it's, it's inspiring to, to get a chance to, to work with those folks every day. And if, if you saw like when we're announcing the lineups too, you saw the little graphic cards that the artists have, you know, that that's all them too. That's a part of the excitement. I think every year of, of mile is seeing what the, the design's going to be yeah. on those cards. And that's the, the poster rollout and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, are there a lot of people that collect those posters? Do you know of a lot of people that, I don't I'm know. I'm looking around set. your room. Well, I've got, <laughs> I'm, I'm missing. A, I'm missing a couple, but oh, I, I can bring you some. That, I didn't know, but yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, we'll get back to Mile. We, we've got a lot to talk about. So you said you started seeing shows when you were 14. What kind of music were you into when you were 14? Well, my my first show, my very first show, was um, Cinderella and Ace Frehley, <laughs> where Ace Frehley actually opened for Cinderella. I. I like Cinderella. <laughs> how how was that show? And was that one that that got you addicted to that live music right away, or did it just kind of whet your appetite to yeah to see think, more? You know, I was always listening to to the radio. You know, when I was a kid, you know, my my parents loved to travel as well, and you know, I just always you know would be in the backseat of the car just listening to to the radio. So that that you know as a, as a wee lad has always gotten me you know, just interested in music and then, you know, finally getting out to, to see a live show was, you know, it was like, wow, what is this? You know, and just kind of blown away by by that live experience. And there's something, you know, about live music. I mean, it really, it really does bring us together. You know, even though the world right now is, is you know, is a toilet, um, 
it still able to bring us all together. And it is scientifically proven uh, to make us 100% happy. You know, and that, that's what always my argument is of when there's weather. You know, if, if the bands are safe, that's definitely the most important component. But if they're still being, if, if, if it's safe for them, come out and see a show. You know, and because you go to see the Packers in rain, sleet, freezing cold, snow, and you're only 50% guaranteed to be happy. <laughs> I mean, music is, that's 100% guaranteed to be happy going to see live music. So that's, and it's really music and food. I, I believe in it's the only two elements we have as human beings that bring us together uh, culturally and, you know, brings all these different cultures and all these different things together. And, you know, has it kind of forces us to be uh, in a space together and, and enjoy each other. And it, that's, that's pretty special to me. Traveling around and, and, and seeing shows, you, you got involved with Milo Music and then you started kind of branching off and, and networking more. Mm-hmm. I know you were a part of a kind of, it was, I don't know if it was weekly, but it was a, um, a, a Zoom kind of online a chat about the music industry with um, some other people that were involved in the, the music scene. And then uh, you started doing something or something called the uh, <laughs> Intercoastal Music Ways. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, that's not fully out there yet. Um, but so I just kind of start from that from from the beginning there. So we, you know, the pandemic, we're all just kind of like, uh, what what are we doing? How are we? Um, how are you? And uh, you know. And that was the the chats. Yeah, yeah, the the mental health chat. You know, it's just mental health check, and they're just kind of also chatting because you know we don't we had no idea what you know what was what was happening or what was going to happen. So it was it was a way uh, with uh, Adrian plus Meredith, who who I manage, for us to get out there, you know, and just have open conversation about what's going on, what are we seeing you know, how long is this thing going to last, you know, and, oh, so we were not so naive back then, <laughs> you know, we were like, uh, you know, three months, we'll be back to it or, you know, whatever, or I'm hearing, you know, a year, like gasp a year, oh, no way. Um, 18 months, who, who says 18 months, you know, but, um, yeah, and, and here we are, but, um, you know, that, that was kind of the, the catalyst. And then it, in May of 2020, um, some other managers and I got together and, uh, it was seven of us. Um, we created, a, a management collective called Jastic. Um, doesn't mean anything. It's just the first initial of our first names. And, uh, we were having a zoom call similar to the, the Adrian Meredith type calls with uh, other managers. So we had about 30 managers on the call every other week, um, from all different, uh, levels we had, um, you know, baby bands to mid-level bands to, to like, um, you know, Rihanna Giddens' management team or Andy DeFranco's management team was jumping on every now and then. And um, I'm so humbled to be a part of that collective because as a newish, uh, new person to the management world, um, there's no egos, there's no attitudes. It's just all of us working together as a collective to help each other. Um, and then that kind of led me to start thinking about, you know, the whole management side of, of what I jumped in to start doing. And, you know, as you look out a window, 
when you're sitting at home, you look out your window at a, at a whole world of opportunity and, and your reflection staring back at you. Um, you just start feeling like, well, there could, uh, there could be other things that, that could be done. And, you know, you can go out and do other things. You don't have to be, you know, focused on just this one thing. And then I decided to, um, you know, start my own management company or business. And uh, I called it Intercoastal Music Ways. And it's a, it's a nod to where I spent my, my summers as a child, um, down in a small little town called Coinjock, North Carolina, which is right on the Intercoastal uh, Waterway. And then my grandmother had a house right on, right on that canal. And, uh, you know, my dad and his family were from Virginia Beach. And so it's, Coinjock is about an hour south of Virginia Beach, an hour north of Nags Head, the Outer Banks. So and the, if you're not familiar with the Intercoastal Waterway, it's a waterway system um, that you can take um, that jets pretty much inland and outland a little bit. And you can take it from pretty much um, like right around the Galveston, Texas area, all the way up to uh, almost Maine. So it's it's a pretty interesting. You look it up. It's it's a really interesting waterway system. So um, you know, just going back to you know what where I spent my kid. You know, my time as a kid that uh, decided to give a little nod to that and call it Intercoastal Music Ways. That's pretty so, cool. What no, the- nothing fully official yet, but you know, soon. <laughs> well, that's exciting yeah and then obviously you've got the the experience with with what you've been doing so you'll have kind of more control over you know bookings and stuff like that yeah yeah um, you know hopefully you know i could lead into you know not only the management side of things but uh booking promoting and consulting too yeah well this is a uh segment in the show called band reaction uh-huh. it's where we play a clip from a previous guest and we get your reaction. So the uh, this kind of ties in with the music festivals. This uh, is from last week. We had Jim Collar from the Electric City Experience on. So play this and we'll get your reaction. Okay. Band reaction. Band reaction. Last year was was a little bit uh, a little bit interesting because uh, the year it was coming back after after a couple years off. Uh, prior to the pandemic, uh, the festival decided to uh, take a one year hiatus to kind of streamline things and and uh, and get everything in shape. And then uh, all of a sudden, uh, COVID entered our world, and that uh, took us down for another year. So. Uh, Last year, it was a matter of trying to recapture momentum. Uh, it, it was, uh, you know, and there was also the idea that, uh, you know, COVID wasn't gone yet. So we couldn't even really start to the last minute because we didn't, it, it took us a while to gauge whether it would even be responsible to hold an event of that scale. Uh, once other outdoor events started hitting the schedule and and uh, once th- th- it was interesting we announced and then like three days later the CDC came out and said well you don't necessarily have to wear masks outside <laughs> and, and, and we're like woo <laughs> <laughs> holy relief and uh, so yeah maybe that's uh, why this year it just seems that everything's clicking into place being is because Last year, there were so many different weird things we had to account for. What's your reaction? 
Yeah, I, I, I sympathize and agree with, with, uh, with him. It's uh, similar stuff that we had to go through too, or any, any event really. Um, you know, you're putting on an event in 2021 or even now, 2022. I mean, it's it the safety aspect is, you know, safety has always been a, a high priority and probably the number one thing. I mean, I certainly can't speak to every event company that, that's out there, but, you know, certainly for us. So I think with COVID, it just definitely um, amplifies that, that safety aspect and, you know, always looking at, you know, is this okay to do? Is this, you know, do we feel comfortable doing this or that? Um, you know, last year was, you know, we had 90, about 92 days to put a festival together, you know, similar to, to what they went through too. And um, I just have, I just want to say too, I have a lot of tremendous amount of respect for people that are putting events on that are in this business because it's not easy. It really is. I mean, it, you know, they, you know, whoever said, you know, love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Um, I just want to, you know, give them a little smack <laughs> of the back of the head because um, <laughs> it, it is work. And, uh, it, but, but yeah, and it can be fun. But uh, yeah, it, it, we all go through significant things like that where, you know, you you do have to worry about, oh, is this going to be, is this the right call? Is this the right thing to do? And, and once you make the decision, you have to live with it because, you know, you can't go back. So what what is the point of no return like how close to the the festival would like for example mile music how close until there's no turning back and regardless of what happens the festival would have to go on is there like a <laughs> a point of no return i mean there's yes and no i mean it's kind of hard to to actually answer like yeah i guess it I, just really depends on the the situation or the scenario it's, it's very hypothetical yeah yeah i think <laughs> You know, I would like, I would say now, I mean, there's, we're, we're rolling. You know, I always say too, you know, when we, you know, we start on Thursday and we get to that Thursday is kind of the, the, the mountain, right. You know, at the top of the hill and you push the ball down the hill, it's, it's rolling and it's not going to stop until it, it flattens out on Sunday. So, you know, once you get to that point, I mean, you know, anything could happen. I mean, you know, it's just anything could happen at any time, but you know, positivity is the activity. So we're good. <laughs> Do you ever get sick of watching bands? <laughs> Some. <laughs> and if you go to a show, do you have to commit to staying to the whole thing? No. <laughs> I, I do. I, I don't Wisconsin goodbye at those moments. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where you just kind of disappear? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> You were you were booking shows at Fox River House, yeah, uh, as well. How how was how was that experience? Obviously, you had a, a lot of bands you could contact. Yeah, I, it's still still going good. I'm I'm you know resigned for for another year. Um, Is that all put together now, or are you still working on that? Yeah, I mean we have a couple couple things to to finish up. I'm hope was hoping to to get that all out there. Um, I'd love to release the entire lineup, but uh, kind of have a couple more little things to to button up, and then we'll we'll be ready to release. Any surprises that you can drop right now? No, man. <laughs> did you? Did you like? It, that's funny because there's a lot of people that I think that loved to, um, you know, 
find their Christmas gifts when they were kids, <laughs> because uh, a lot of people are like, "Oh, what can like is this band or what's you know is this band coming back or is this band playing here or there?" Like, just be surprised, guys. Like, like just gonna, like I want to just chip away at it, like <laughs> chip away at your your uh, the shield you've got up so I can start like getting information out of you. <laughs> what do I have to do? Well, that's what this was about. Okay. <laughs> Well, it, it's exciting. I'm excited to to hear what you've got on tap for the Fox River House because it's a, a great venue to watch live music. I love like a perfect summer night out in their yeah. their patio section, and they they redid remodeled that little room when you walk in there, which yeah, look, yeah, looks awesome. Yeah, just uh, it's really cool. Um, if you haven't been there in a while, go check it out. Um, you know that the whole lounge area in the back is is really sweet looking, and you know under under new ownership right now and. Um, the four people that are that are owning it right now are, are le- legit owning it. I mean, they're really stepping up and and you know making it making it a, a new thing. And uh, it's a cool. It's always been a cool place to hang. You know, it's been for Jess and I. Um, you know, we've been going there since the second day they've opened uh, as Fox River House. Um, some you know what two thousand nine, I believe it was. Been going to see shows there since ever since then. And so um, you know, there's a little little special place in my heart to to be. You know response for presenting music there now so and it's it's cool and i'm really excited to to be a part of that what's the the most surprising thing for you being as into the how the sausage is made with with the festivals and the, the bookings around here what's the most surprising thing to you that you did not know when when you were interested in, in getting involved way back when hmm. that's an interesting question um I don't know. It's that's hard. I guess what surprised me. I don't know. That's that's a bit hard to to answer. I mean, I guess what surprised me the most, I'd say, is just how you know, not growing up here, not knowing the history of of the the music scene here, and then now being a part of it. Um, it's cool to see how how um i don't know how to say this but just how people support each other you know how they come out they'll still see a show like you know i see you at shows i see you know other artists at shows and and that that's really cool to see you know you don't you don't typically see that in other places in the in the country you know growing up in on the east coast and like i said in allentown pa and i remember going going to see shows when i was younger and you know the music scene just wasn't there it was just more like Oh, we're gonna go do this thing and there's music in the background i think the other aspect of that is what i what i'm surprised at here is how the audience is and treats the artists too like they come out and they actually pay attention to artists and they see them and they, they become fans of of the local artists and the local music scene they, they also show up to different shows you know two three times a week and, and that that's really amazing you know that, that i see that i'm like wow that that's super cool that you're out supporting um you know we're just all supporting each other which i think more now than ever coming out of the pandemic it's so important to you know support and uplift and champion each other you know if you have if you're an artist and you have your your friend just released a record promote them on your socials you know if, if you're a promoter um you know help promote other shows you know if it's not yours you know if it's your your other friend or it's a promoter you know help promote them too because 
you know, all of us have to uplift each other and, and support each other. And like I said, champion each other and root for each other. It's, that's what it's going to be about, you know, from this moment moving forward, because we never want to go back to where we were two years ago. So we gotta, gotta make sure we're helping each other and helping each other stay to stay afloat. We've got a question came in from Bob Minter actually. Okay. He says, personal preference, what is your idea of the perfect venue? Oh, um, idea of perfect venue, man. Uh, loud, noisy. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess it depends. You know, it's it's a mix. I think we have to have a good, you know, the perfect venue. I think would have to have um, the ability to host an artist properly. You know, have have a decent green room. Um, have the ability to have, you know, catering or some sort of food. Um, you know, there. Um, have, you know, certainly a, a decent, uh, sound system, um, consistency, I think is, is key to, to everything that we do. Um, you know, talking to some other, you know, some promoters and venue owners, I said, you know, just be consistent in what, what you're presenting and how you're presenting it. And, um, you know, have someone there who's, you know, a sound tech, Sound, you know, having a consistent sound engineer so they can dial that room in properly, um, treating the room uh, with sound treatments. Uh, and I'm talking about like enclosed spaces, you know, outdoor. Obviously, you know, I, I present shows at the Fox River House, which is outdoor. So an outdoor venue is just completely different. You know, it's its its own, you know, completely different animal there. But, uh, you know, I'm talking specifically for an indoor show or indoor venue. Um you know, also just, you know, being able to have enough space for people. Um, if you're going to do a, a, an acoustic show, make sure it's, a, you know, you have chairs. Tables don't typically do well, you know, because when you have a table and you have people around the table, they're, they're going to talk. So kind of nix the tables. Um, just have chairs, have the focus be on that artist. Um, proper lighting. So, yeah, it's all important elements. Well, thanks for the question, Bob. Yeah, thank you, Bob. Uh, you mentioned something that, that I think is important. Milo music to set itself apart is very art. And you mentioned it a bunch of times, very artist focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is set up a lot that with the chairs, try to eliminate the tables to, to keep the focus on the artists. Have you run into problems as the, the festival has grown as far as trying to keep the, for lack of a better term, Oktoberfest kind of vibe, which there's nothing wrong with Oktoberfest, but it has been kind of hard to to keep it artist focused and not party focused. Yeah, it's it's certainly a, a challenge every year. I mean, it's it's you know we it, it's a continued process improvement, right? Going back to lean, um, that's what lean really is: continuous process improvement. So that's us just constantly working on our messaging, working with our venue partners, um, especially those ones that are uh, listening focused and listening rooms. Um, those acoustic rooms, it's important. It's an important element for us to continue to have and present is that acoustic singer songwriter, the storytellers, um, because we have a fan base for that. And we have amazing, talented artists from all over the world now um, coming here or wanting to come here. So it's important to us to, to reinforce that, to say, you know, the talent, we have to respect the talent because again, you know, if we're not, if we're not taking care of that talent, then they're simply not going to come back. So, 
you know, I like, you know, again, nothing wrong with, you know, Oktoberfest is their own product. Um, you know, the other quote unquote Wisconsin throw the word fest on the tail end of your name product is there's nothing wrong with those either. That's, that's what they do. That's not what we do. You know, we're not, we're not the Bud Light and Captain of Morgan drinking type of, of event. Um, we're different now. We're very music focused. It's a music first experience that we're, we're putting on and trying to present. So I think, you know, again, just continually being in that messaging to say, you know, we need to make sure we're taking care of these artists in that way too, that they're being respected. They're being paid attention to, um, the full band rooms, you know, that, that's, it becomes a little trickier because, you know, they're making noise, people are dancing, having fun. So again, just as long as, you know, you're there, I guess I like to say, just read the room. Right, you walk into a room, you know, I see this, you know, Taylor Greenwood, give him a shout out that he puts together a, a, just a really cool Tuesday night experience at the Stone Arch Tap Room. And, you know, some of the shows he has in there is, is listening focused. So, you know, we have to make sure that, you know, when you're walking into that room, if no one's talking, then you don't talk, <laughs> you know, just read the room. If people are, are, if somebody's up there, you know, shredding a guitar and pounding on drums and people are going nuts and having fun, well, then jump in and dance and have fun. But again, you know, read the room. Yeah. We had a, uh, a question from Eric Herm. Love Fox City's Live, by the way. He said, uh, perfect venue needs to be uh, dog friendly. He's got grace in parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I can't believe I forgot about that. Thanks, for thanks, Eric. Yeah, dog friendly venues. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where those outdoor ones come in into play. We had... We, I, Midwest Music Fest. Yeah. You you worked a stage there last week. Yeah. How how was that festival? It's, I've heard a lot about it. I've never attended though. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's it's a very cool thing they have going on up there. Um I was in uh, Winona, Minnesota, which was their first one. Um their next one will be in La Crosse, uh, Wisconsin, which will be in September sixteenth and seventeenth. So they do two shows a year or two festivals yeah. a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's a cool little micro festival. I mean, it was my first time being in that part of the world, and my first time, uh, you know, being at that festival. And uh, you know, it was I was very fortunate, and it was a cool experience to volunteer with them and to kind of get to see what what they do and how they do it. And uh, you know, they focus mainly on regional bands, hence the name Midwest Music Fest. But they had some a few from Nashville come up, um, and then you know. Primarily, the bands were from you know the Twin Cities or uh, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, Iowa. So it was it was a cool experience. I, I really enjoyed it. So, which bands did you see there that you're going to bring to Mile Music? <laughs> um, trying to think who we had there that were coming. I don't think anybody. Are you holding back on me? No, I'm trying to just <laughs> off the top of my head. I'm just trying to look, trying to scan through their lineup in my head and. Yeah, no, no one. There, there was a, a band that I liked. I, I saw on the list called Scrunchies, who I really liked. I mean, maybe I, I see did not see doing. them. I because <laughs> working the stage. I mean, I was, I was supposed to work the main stage um, at at the Levy Park area, which was outdoor. And then we got, I think, two, three shows in there on Friday night until it, it really like the winds picked up. Um, and by the way, they 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 got the shows in while it was drizzling uh, on the main stage. So it wasn't, wasn't as bad It was just a light drizzle. They got the shows in, 
Um, but then the winds picked up off the river and, and they lost the stage. So, so Saturday, essentially the main stage got moved to a brewery and that's kind of where I, I was parked all day. Nice. So, but it was, it was cool. Just the, the bands that came through there. That, that's, that's what I got. So. Oh, um, mile music's been hit by some weather, but some storms yeah, yeah. and last year got a, a big, a big one that came right when the, the festival was ending on the Sunday, but I think they had one Saturday night as well. Yeah, um, some of the stages got canceled. Yeah, Saturday was was pretty much an all day, all day rain, all day washout. Um, you know, again, you know, I'm just trying to champion that we, if we can go in the rain, if it's safe, and if you know the sound techs and who's running that stage feel that it's it's it can go, if it's covered and it can go, then then I think we go. Um, again, going back to my point of you go see the, the football team in, in all kinds of weather. So come see music. And again, as long as the artists are safe, you know, and, and I know water and electricity don't always mix, but you know, if, if they're safe, they're comfortable going, the sound techs are comfortable going and, and, you know, cause some of those stages that, that we do have, we were able to like Jones park, it has about a four and a half to five foot radius that doesn't get wet because that that overhang so that they're you know they're able to pull everything and condense the stage down they're able to to, to squeeze everything in so we we could go there and we, we got i think it was we ran four stages and got two acts on each stage last year before the lightning came once lightning comes i mean then you're yeah. done and you know that's it so but uh, then we go inside we have some fun inside how do you feel about micro-categorizing music? Because I was looking at the Midwest Fest lineup, and it got me thinking that each band, when they submit, typically will put what genre they are. I, I saw synth dance party, experimental indie pop, jazzy indie rock, experimental synth pop, bedroom pop, indie country, sludge rock, dream gaze, MTV alt rock, math rock, smoky Americana, experimental psych rock, shoegaze, and interdimensional electric jazz. How how do you feel about all these micro genres? Does it get kind of is it each band trying to set themselves apart with like a you know their own special genre? And how when you look at something like that, I mean, it, do you just wish it was kind of the traditional categories? Or that, I mean, I just think does it you know does it uh... You see a lot of bands and then disagree with what they yeah, label themselves as. So, so to me, it's I would say like, does the music hit you? You know, do you feel it? And if you do, does it matter what it's called then? I mean, I I don't like genres. It's just a label. It's like, well, what are you wearing today? Oh, I'm wearing, you know, blah blah blah. Um, it, it's it is you know. Uh, excuse me, you know, being also being a manager, I, I understand that, you know, labeling yourself, it's, it's all about PR, you know, what, what you are, how you present, like who getting yourself out, selling yourself, it's your brand, you as a, an artist or a musician are, are a business. So you gotta make sure you're, you're presenting yourself a certain way. And, but, and I get it, but I also just think too, as, as a fan, like, if it if it hits you and it feels good, then just just enjoy it. You know, I, I forget what that uh, exactly what that Bob Marley quote is, but you know, it's you know something about like if the music hits you and you feel no pain, 
then just go out and enjoy it, you know, because I think sometimes genres can turn people off too, because they're so programmed to, you know, we get this too on the, on the festival side. It's, well, I only like rock music. Well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're only going to go to those artists that are labeled as rock, but then they're missing out on, on so many more, you know, discovering, discover bands that you know that you that you don't know but you should right and they're going to miss out on that if if they're just pinpointing themselves in one genre if they're only liking one thing we've got uh, some questions here oh nice uh jerry asks he's got three questions so oh three three partner or just three separate <laughs> uh looks like three separate first one has the percentage of local bands playing each year since the beginning stayed the same um, it's actually gone up. So we look at, uh, you know, since 2019, we were committed to making about, I say about, cause you know, it's, it could be a half percent or, or off, but we we're committed to making 40% of our lineup Wisconsin based. So it's not just, it's local and Wisconsin artists. So it's, you know, from Green Bay to, uh, you know, Fox Valley, uh, as well as, you know, Madison, Eau Claire, uh, Milwaukee, all points in between. So 40% of our lineup is, is Wisconsin based. Second question. What, if anything, have you stolen from other festivals and incorporated into mile? Well, I don't think stolen is a good word. Cause I think stolen is in, in parentheses on the question. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Cause I, I think, uh, yeah, I think, we all we all borrow from each other, right? You know, when you know the festival industry ecosystem, right? You know, the the music industry ecosystem in in of itself is is small. It's large but also small. You know, every there's a lot of connections. Um, so we all borrow from each other, you know, and that that's a part of you know, when I go to travel to other festivals, I'm looking at, oh, that's really cool what they're doing and oh I see you know, they're they're placing their banners a certain way and you know, or they're bringing these elements in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's part of why I travel, you know, because I'm looking at what other things are happening, again, whether it's in this country or other countries, too, or on the water. Yeah. On the water. <laughs> <laughs> well, I go to a music festival on the water, so. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, and then before we get to the, the third question, is it different? I mean, those some of those ships are like cities on, in and of themselves. Is it? Yeah, like is, is the experience seeing live music on a ship like way different than seeing it like downtown? It, it I mean, it can be because you know you you're in the middle of the ocean. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, there's when I'm on those things. <clears throat> excuse me. You know, it, it really. I've done it four times. I've I've worked on them, so I work. Uh, I've done work for for the company Six Man. Um, as a contract worker and to, to be able to be a part of that is, is special for me personally. And I've, you know, my, my personal reasons there, but you feel so insignificant as a human being when you look out and there's just nothing but water. And when you're watching a band on the main stage and right behind you is the sun setting, like literally the sun is disappearing into the ocean. It's, it's an incredible view and incredible feeling. But, you know, these ships, you know, it's basically 
Milo Music on the Water. Um, Six Men, like Milo Music, has done such a great job at, at making community and connecting community for each in, each event that they put, they present. And, uh, you know, just what they do is pretty cool and, you know, able to bring some of those elements and artists uh, back to, to Appleton. The third question, <laughs> love the Mile of Music app. Any changes to the app this year? Great questions. Thank you, Jerry. Yeah, thanks, Jerry. Um, trying to think. I mean, without actually pulling it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think, yeah, the app, I got to give a shout out to Core BTS. They're, they're the company that, that puts the app together. They, you know, developed it from scratch, uh, continued to work on it. I think one of the biggest changes um, that we incorporated, you know, that, that I can think of off the top of my head here is when you go into the artist page, there's, I think, at the bottom, um, when you're looking at the artist, there's going to be like a discover tab and it's the Spotify logo. So it will take you directly to our official Spotify play- playlist right from that, right within the app, which I think is really cool. The app is is such an important part uh, for many for the mile experience a mile music experience do you find that the the app is sort of taking away the the need for paper uh, schedules or do you still see a a demand for the the paper what's paper (laughs) (laughs) Um, i think i think just that's you know again that's just where we've evolved as a society right as as humans you know everything is mobile based is app based so i think the yeah. paper ones aren't going to go away, though, are they? I would like them to. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't think they will. Um, I think, you know, the app is always going to be your best way. Um, it's always going to be the most up-to-date. Um, you know, the paper, once it's printed, it's printed. And if there's any changes, I mean, it's not going to be effective on the on the piece of paper. Um, you know, it, so the app is going to be the, your best way to, to look and you know it's gonna be your best avenue so download the app and and just you know check that out so we'll have everything that you need is right there and uh are you getting a, a call over there yet? <laughs> probably <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe somebody's calling in me the questions oh it's it's probably it's probably spam <laughs> <laughs> selling me a warranty <laughs> So you mentioned Adrian and Meredith, yes. and we, we didn't really get too far into that, but you managed that band. Yeah. They're from the Green Bay area originally? Uh, well, Adrian, uh, Midwest, um, Adrian's originally from Stevens Point, and Meredith is originally from Ann Arbor, Michigan. How did how did you get uh, synced up with, with, the, with the band, and how did you get it into the position where you wanted to, to take on a manager position with them? Um, I think just through getting to know them, you know, as, as people and becoming friends with them, you know, from their time playing Milo Music and then their time, you know, just playing shows in Appleton, um, you know, because of their, uh, you know, their family ties to, to Wisconsin and Michigan, you know, they, they play the Midwest quite often. Um, it was probably the summer of 2019. Um, I took a little weekend, got away down to Louisville, which by the way is a fantastic city. It's it's a, got a really cool culinary scene there, and I just kind of really like that city a lot. So Adrian and Meredith came up and, you know, kind of took me to dinner and pitched this idea of me managing them, in which I said no. <laughs> I said, there's no way. 
I've never done it before. And also this is your life and I'm not going to, you know, completely mess that up. Um, but, uh, they, they wanted to manage, they wanted me to manage them. I think because I've never managed before because we could grow together and, you know, it's, they also appreciated my work ethic and my tenacity through my own music and thought that the, that would be a good fit, you know, for them as well. And also, you know, I'm just happy they were willing to take a chance and they're, they're, they're a duo or a couple that, that takes chances and usually works out. So I'm really happy for them. And it's kind of expanded. So now I've, uh, Megan Slankard, uh, who I, I manage, uh, co-manage now with, uh, with Casey Turner, uh, similar conversation. You know, she reached out to me in March of, of last year and said, you know, she needed some help with some things and kind of led into a, a co-management role with her. So that, that's been fun too. Has yeah. that sort of given you a different perspective on the, the band side, how, how the bands operate? Yeah, for sure. Because you're probably approached from all different angles for Mile of Music and for bands that might be watching, how, how can a band get involved um, in Mile Music 10 next year, because I think nine, the submission was open for like a day. Yeah, like <laughs> it goes quick. Is the even the demand uh, to to submit has that just spiked up through the roof as the, the festivals gained traction? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we've because of our growth, because of you know the the brand and how it's grown into what it is today. Um, you know, this, the submission process, it's, it's almost like we don't need the submissions anymore. We still have them. I think they, they're a cool component of it, but over the years we've kind of lessened how many we take because it does become cumbersome to try to sift through so many artists and it does take up a tremendous amount of time. Um, we start, you know, we're, we're kind of back on schedule, um, post, I say post-COVID, uh, back on schedule to be in line with the festival, summer festival booking season, which typically runs late September through, you know, mid to late February. Um, so we were back on schedule with that. So when we, you know, put out a submission process in November, um, you know, we're, we're already kind of deep into the booking process of, of the festival. And then we, you know, we have, you've, you've done it in the past, um, have been on the submission team and, you know, just trying to have these people take time out of their lives to sift through and, and listen and, and rank hundreds of artists. You know, I don't get those back till, till almost the end of February. <laughs> and at that point we're almost done. So you know, we have to start looking at ways that, you know, if we condense it, you know, we're also not taking as many from those submission lists either. You know, we take mainly, you know, five to 10, maybe 15 tops out of, you know, a total like this year we had 150. So we're only taking about 15 artists out of that. Um, you know, I think if you're a returning artist, you've already played it, you already know how to get a hold of, of me or us. So you know what to do. Um, yeah, I think it's, you know, we also have kind of that whole line out the door, so to speak, you know, where we have artists and their their agents and their management teams, you know, being on the management side, you know, you're, you're constantly looking at other festivals or plays for your artists and where, where they can go or just that word of mouth. Like I said, you know, we, when I go to Folk Alliance International Conference, um, I've done it in a, 
in the past few years and I'm going to be there in the next two weeks. You know, I'm just blown away by, I have artists from New Zealand and Australia sitting down to talk with me about Appleton and Milo Music because they've heard of it through whether they toured the States or they toured Canada and they, they toured with someone else who's played here and they're like, where should we play? Well, you got to go to Milo Music. You got to go to Appleton. So that, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. What, uh, what differences or what uh, changes are going to take place at Mile this year? Anything different from previous Mile Musics? Um, I think that I don't know. I think that we're still going to have you know an, an amazing festival. You know, you're going to discover some really cool new artists. Um, hoping to have um, some writer rows uh, this year. Um, kind of plan on that. Hoping to to have some other, you know, unique surprises, you know, in terms of the lineup. I'm hoping, like I said earlier, hoping that, you know, we have a lot of friends coming this year. So I'm hoping that uh, they they can jump up and, and collaborate and play. Um, yeah, it's just it's going to be fun. Well, Ian, I want to thank you for sitting down with me today on Fox City's Core. Yeah, I mean, that's been fun. So, we're out of time? Yeah, we're out of time oh. already. It's... <laughs> It's been uh, it's been interesting hearing a little bit more about your your early years. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm excited for the festival. You didn't drop a whole lot of secrets, but if people want to learn more about the festival and stay on top of every everything that's going on, would you suggest just following the festival on Facebook and Instagram, just all the socials? Yeah, all the socials. Um, or be a music maker. Yeah, or be yeah, be a music maker. Get out there, subscribe, hit that subscribe button, as the, as the kids say. Or smash, smash the subscribe button. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, all the socials, um, you know, we're on TikTok now, if some of you love that. What's a TikTok? Oh, we could, that's a whole nother hour <laughs> of discussion, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely follow along the socials and, uh, and the app.